How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And this week, before we get to our main topic, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody who checked out our 100th episode celebration series on our best of the decades, starting from before 1980 all the way up until the 2010s. Um, it was a lot of fun to do. And uh, we got you know, a lot more traffic than we have in the past, which was nice. Yeah. And a lot more comments than we expected as well. Um, it seemed like people started to need to comment less and less as it got to the aughts and the tens, which is probably understandable. Um, but uh, it was really good to have people comment nonetheless. Um, and I stated this on one of our other videos, but just so everybody knows, the people that wanted more videos, less talking, if there's a way to incorporate footage of matches and not have you get slammed for a copyright infringement, I have yet to figure it out. Um, so that is what this show is. It's a show about talking. Um, if I could incorporate match footage, dude, Leonard and I would be doing commentaries on some of these things all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a whole other thing. And it should be mentioned a lot of other, you know, podcasts, um, Art don't do that, you know. For right. for example, I've been starting to watch Kevin Nash's, which is fairly new, and that is, and it's just Nash sitting at his laptop talking like we are. So right. it's good enough for Kevin Nash. It's good enough for us. That's right. So again, thank you to everybody. We'll get back to one of our regularly scheduled programs here, which is Unstable Stables. And the way this started was we would take a famous stable, likely a large one. And we would take all the members of that stable, no matter what era they were from, and we would divide them in teams. Leonard and I would each draft various names, and then we'd put those names into a makeshift card at the end uh, for fun. So that's how it started. Now, we've kind of drifted into just taking various maybe groups of people, whether it be yeah. AWA or women's pre-revolution um, very sort of theme that fit together in some manner right and so that's kind of how we have it now and on this time we decided we were going to do something a little bit different which was leonard's suggestion so leonard why don't you take it away so um we're going to be doing the dying days of the awa or the american wrestling association i won't go into the entire history of the promotion but it was at one time the biggest, most popular wrestling company in the United States, controlling most of the upper and central Midwest. But the wheel started to fall off the cart in late 1983 when promoter Vern Gagne refused to put his version of the world title on Hulk Hogan. He then left to the World Wrestling Federation, which gave birth to the rock and wrestling era. And as the WWF started to go up, the AWA started to come down. So the AWA closed in 1991 and ran a couple shows that year. But its last television tapings were in August of 1990. Uh, by this point, several of their big names had left for the WWF, like Kurt Hennig and Rick Markell, or retired like Nick Bockwinkle. They had a very small roster of guys. Uh, at this time, either people who were past their prime or who were really young and hadn't hit their prime um, or perennial droppers, basically, is what they had. And what they were kind of known for during this period was the Team Challenge series, which put wrestlers in the three teams, which were captained by Baron Von Rasch, Larry Zabisco, and Sergeant Slaughter. And There's an Beer. episode of this, or there was, on WWE Network slash Peacock Network. There was at least one episode um that you can go back and view 
of this failed TV show experiment. Yes. So the, the team members would get points for different matches. About ready to say the Beers replaced Slaughter as the captain of that team when Slaughter left. Uh, one of the most infamous matches was the Great American Turkey Hunt, a.k.a. a turkey on a pole match, which was ran, won by perennial jobber Jake the Milkman Milliman over the Beers. Uh, so initially, my idea was to do the team challenge series, was to draft the guys who were part of that. But there were a lot of clunker names in that, guys that we weren't very familiar with or who were jobbers. So I went back through the last uh, year of tapings. I found lists of tapings. And there were some decent names that came through, uh, even for a short period of time. So basically, if they wrestled one match on TV taping for the AWA in 1990, they were eligible. So that gave us some better names. So we have, uh, so our draft board is 22 wrestlers. So that means we're going to get 11 each. We're going to seed those into a card. I'll go over that card when we get that far. Um, I have the first pick this time as Chad had the first pick last time. And it should be mentioned that you are getting these guys as they were in 1990. Something that Chad has trouble understanding. <laughs> well, this will be uh this will be one where I don't have very much confidence in not necessarily my picks, but maybe the order of which I pick them. Okay. So, uh, you know, oh, so here's I, the I know a little bit about this period of AWA. Mm -hmm. um, uh, some of these names I certainly did have to research prior to us uh, doing this episode, uh, but we'll try to give you kind of updates on who they are, reminders rather, uh, yes. as, as we go forward. All right, so here's the draft board in roughly alphabetical order. Telly Blanchard, Wayne the Train Bloom, Colonel De Beers, Paul Hardrock Diamond, Mike Enos, Curtis the Cat Hughes, Nikita Koloff, Gentleman Jerry Lynn, Coquina Maximus, who would later become Yokozuna, Yukon John Nord, who would later become the Berserker, Flapjack Scott Norton, DJ Peterson, the Russian brute George Petrovsky, Harley Race, Brad Ringens, Sergeant Slaughter, Texas Hangman Killer, Texas Hangman Psycho, the Unknown Soldier, who was played by Masa Saito, or, or Saito, Saito, not sure on the pronunciation there. And he did work as both gimmicks um, on the tapings during 1990. Uh, Baron Von Raschke, the Trooper Del Wilkes, who would become the Patriot, uh, and Larry Zabisco. So those are the names. As I said, I have the first pick, and there are three guys that I would say could be a good number one. I'm going to go with Nikita Koloff, who was not too far off of his peak as a name and an in-ring performer at this time. All right. Well, my first pick is going to be Larry Zabisco. L Larry was uh, my other choice there. Um as I said, there was three guys I thought could be the number one, and my other one who I thought would be Telly Blanchard, much like Koloff, not too far off of his peak as a name and in-ring talent at this point. All right, so here's where we start to get into hairy territory, at least for me. Uh, okay. But you know what? I'm going to go with Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. Slaughter probably would have been my next pick if you hadn't taken him. Um, you know, kind of on the other side of the hill, but very much uh, a name and very popular. At I haven't quite gotten to WrestleMania 7 yet. So Yes. We, yeah, we're not up to WrestleMania 7 yet. I'm going to go a bit out on a limb 
I'm going to go with Coquina Maximus next, which is a young Yokozuna. Uh, so, I like I like that pick. I would have I would have gone there sometime soon. I don't know if I would have gone to him next, but yes, yes. Considering this is under 400 pound Yokozuna, so the man can move. He's green, but he can move. All right, then I am going to go with Harley Race. Harley Race would have been my next. You know, this is an older Harley Race. Uh, not too far off of, of his retirement, close to his retirement, I should say. But still, man, it's Harley Race. So Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to go with, um, this might this may be a surprise, but it is part of my strategy. I'm going to go with Wayne Bloom next. I know where you're going. We'll get yeah. there. We'll get there. Um, but you want to remind people who Wayne Bloom is, or do you want to do that later? Oh, I'd say Wayne. Well, Wayne Bloom was uh, part of the Beverly Brothers in That's the right. WWF. Um, he was part of the Destruction Crew at this point. Him and his tag partner Mike Enos, which which we already mentioned, Enos is on the board as well. They were the Beverly Brothers, and they also teamed in WCW for a time. So, uh, and were the they were the next to last AWA tag team champions. Right. So I am going to go with the trooper Del Wilkes. Okay. He was he was up there for me as as well. Um, if I hadn't gone with with Bloom next, I probably would have gone with him. And just so I don't get chatted, I'm gonna take Mike Enos next. So I just have that tag team completed. All right. And my next pick is going to be the unknown soldier Masa Saito. Oh, I had him a bit lower on my list, but I think that's just because I wasn't that familiar with him. Um, you you want to remind people who Saito was? He was uh, well. I was about ready to do it for you. He well, you know, he's he's a Japanese legend. Yeah, and, uh, famously, you know, he was in you know a match that was extremely long. I want to say. Definitely between an hour and two hours, an island death match with Antonio Inoki. Yes. Um, but they had a huge rivalry, and he is just an extremely tough individual. Those who have been keeping up with Tales from the Territories will have heard some stories about Masa Saito on that show. So, uh, yeah. So that's why I went with him. Yeah. Great pick there. Um, next, I'm gonna go, I'm continue since I took Coquina Maximus going youth movement. I'm gonna do that again with Jerry Lynn. Uh, this is very early on in Jerry's career, and he was actually the last person to get a title shot against Larry Zabisco for the AWA world title. All right, well, then I am going to go way out of left field here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Texas Hangman Killer. Okay. I had the Texas Hangman a little lower on my list. I like the name. Yes. <laughs> um, I won't, I won't, I won't chat you. I won't take Psycho next, but I'm going to go with uh, Flapjack Scott Norton. All right. Can't go wrong with that name. Not at all. Um, so, you know what? I'm not going to go with Psycho just yet. Okay. I'm going to go with Baron Von Raschke. Bar Baron was, was up there for me. You know, this is a later Baron, of course, but he was just such an AWA stalwart. 
Yes. Um, and and a kind of a cool personality, you know. Not very versed on the AWA, but every time I've seen the Baron, he just seemed like kind of a cool character. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to go and complete another tag team with John Nord, also known as the Berserker. Nord and Norton uh, were called the Lumberjacks. I like that name. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, so on a side note, uh, there was recently a lumberjack match on AEW Rampage uh, mm-hmm. between Orange Cassidy and uh, QT Marshall and uh, some of Orange Cassidy's uh, stable mates, the best friends, actually, and uh, including uh, Danhausen, all put on lumberjack attire and tried to bring axes to the ring, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't go with Texas Hangman Psycho next just to uh, round out the Texas Hangman Tag Team, which is such a great tag team name, even mm-hmm. if they weren't necessarily the greatest tag team ever. No, no, but yeah, the name is cool. I'll give you that much. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with another AWA stalwart and a guy who I think is really underrated is uh, Colonel De Beers. I don't know if that's a, a, a character you could get away with today, being that he was an apartheid South African. Uh, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with him next. All right. Um, so I'm going to go with somebody that was really like, was a name in AWA, but wasn't necessarily a name in WWF, although he was there as the Orient Express, that would be Paul Hard Rock Diamond, which could also be a great porn star name. Yes. I, I love that. I, I, I found uh, some mentions of some of these nicknames that I believe they only used in the AWA, like Hard Rock Diamond and Wayne the Train Bloom. Uh, <laughs> but I do love that. And, and, and Diamond probably would have been next for me. I had him as a sleeper pick. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Curtis Hughes. Of course, we've talked about Curtis Hughes here on the show before with the uh, York Foundation. And uh, Chad and I met Curtis Hughes earlier this year. I would have been upset if you didn't get him. <laughs> yes. Well, you could have had Curtis Hughes, but, but Kurt was very cool to meet, um, I should say. You know, I never thought much of him when he was, you know, active. But but meeting him and talking with him and seeing him, I mean, he just seems like he's having a good time. And and uh, it was cool to, to meet him. So Curtis Hughes. I'm going to round out another tag team here. At least I think this is the tag team. Uh, memory serves, this was the last tag team champions of the AWA. And that mm-hmm. would be DJ Peterson. Yes. So it was Peterson and the Trooper. And that's one reason I left Peterson on there and didn't try to find another name. Because Peterson's a guy I just don't really know a whole lot about other than he did tag with, with Dale Wilkes and they were right. the last tag champs. So um, so we are down to, I think, yeah, one name each. I'm going to go with Brad Rengens just because he's a little more of a known name to me. Uh, former Olympian. Uh, a guy who was in the AWA for a very long uh, time, uh, to my knowledge. You could have had two Russians, Leonard. I could have had two Russians, and then I could have tag-teamed them and screwed myself. So. That's, yeah. Um, all right, so that leaves me with the Russian brute, George Petrovsky. Yes. Um, and now is the time for Leonard to recap who our teams are. All right, so... I have Nikita Koloff, Telly Blanchard, Kakina Maximus, Wayne Bloom, Mike Enos, Jerry Lynn, Scott Norton, John Nord, Colonel De Beers, Curtis Hughes, and Brad Rinkins. Chad has Larry Zabisco, Sergeant Slaughter, Harley Race, Trooper Del Wilkes, Masa Saito, Texas Killer, Baron Von Raschke, Texas Hangman Psycho, 
uh, Paul Diamond, DJ Peterson, and the Russian brute George Petrosky. So we are now going to seed them into our card. So the card um, is going to be, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven matches, which is usually pretty standard for us. We're going to have a one versus one dark match. And then the main card, we're going to have a two-on-two -two tag match, a one-on-one -on -one singles match, a three-on-three six-man tag, a one-versus-one frozen turkey-on-a-pole match, a two-versus-two tag match for the AWA World Tag Team titles, and then a one-versus-one for the AWA World Heavyweight title. So since I went first for the draft, Chad goes first for the card. So who do you want to seed for your dark match? Okay. So you know what? Let's just get him out of the way because he was my last pick. So it would be the Russian brute, George Petrovsky, starting things out here. And uh, Leonard, who do you have going up against the Russian? I'll, I'll just give you my last pick. I'm going to go with Brad Ringens. All right. And it should be uh, mentioned that Brad Ringens uh, became a, a pretty prominent trainer. Um, and you know, trained a, a lot of a lot of big names. Um, so even if his the highlights of his wrestling journey wasn't necessarily when he was in the ring, um, he certainly left his mark uh, by training a bunch of uh, big names. So you know, I there's not much to find on the Russian brute George Petrovsky. Mm -hmm. So I know who Brad Ringens is, and. So I'm just going to give this to you, Leonard, because I would imagine I actually, from what I understand, I think Brad Ringens actually became more of a name in AWS yes. than did the Russian brute. Yes. Uh, the, the, the short material I did find uh, on Petrovsky, uh, but, but Brad Ringens, you know, at least in the AWA universe, you know, was very well built and uh, was a part of their cards on a regular basis. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the Russian brute was someone who kind of wound up there because I, we needed another name. And he was working a lot of these cards and particularly against Slaughter. You know, Slaughter had to have the foreign heel to go against. And he had a lot of, of matches with with brute. But no, I'm not going to argue the win for, for Rengens there. Um, and that might actually be a good a good dark match because I don't think it would be necessarily a, a great match per se, but something to to start to show with at the very least. Ringens uh, was a was a co-holder of the AWA Tag Team Championship okay. with Ken Patera, uh, who's okay. not on our list. But no, know. no, Ken was Ken was I think gone before this era. There was a few guys that I thought of. Um, uh, uh, Vader, Leon White, I thought was around, but he had left in '88. So um, I was I was hoping he was there. But anyway, yeah. So Rengans is definitely I think a good one there. So I get the next seed for the main card, which is we're going to start with the tag match. And I'm going to go with, um, of my two tag teams, established tag teams, I'm going to go with the Lumberjacks, John Nord and Scott Norton. All right. Well, then I'm going to have to give you the Texas Hangman. And uh, the Texas Hangman have a really cool name, Leonard. That's all I have to say at this moment. So... <laughs> Well, you know, the Texas Hangman were, because they were one of the few established tag teams that were left at the time, were getting a lot of work. They are two big kind of burly dudes. I did kind of look them up a little bit. With masks on. With masks on. Uh, but the Lumberjacks, 
Norton and Nord, you know, big, tough, brawling guys. Um, you know, we know Norton and and would go on to WCW and, and wrestle there for a while uh, in tag teams with uh, Bagwell and with Ice Train. Nord would go on to become the Berserker. Um, I would I would give the win to my guys because both of them would go on to have advanced careers after this point. The Hangman did not. They're both pretty much known for being kind of tough, brawling power wrestlers. Uh, again, we both don't know a lot about the Hangman over the fact that I think they're, you know, cool. They're cool, <laughs> but I don't know if they're as cool as the Lumberjacks. Yeah, so the Texas Hangman did not hold the tag team titles in the AWA. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they had, I would probably be arguing more fervently for them. Um, but since they haven't, and they're masked wrestlers, which are commonly just used as heels or heel fodder for other people, um, I would give the nod here to Nord and Norton because those are two bigger, more brawling guys, and it would make more sense for them to win. So. All right. So next we have a one-versus-one singles match, and you get the first seed this time. Interesting to see who you put here. All right. It is going to be Paul Diamond. Paul Diamond. And Paul, you know what? Just because I think this might be a good match, I'm going to give you Jerry Lynn. This would be a good match. Um, so I know a good deal about Jerry Lynn's work in ECW and post-ECW. I don't know a lot about Jerry Lynn's work in AWA. So mm -hmm. my gut tells me that uh, so I, it should be mentioned that Paul Diamond was also a co-holder of the AWA Tag Team Championships um, with uh, Pat Tanaka, yeah. but um, he did not hold a singles title. But my gut tells me that Paul Diamond was more known in the AWA mm -hmm. than Jerry Lynn was, who was probably a little green at this point. Um, so although I do think this would be a very competitive match, and as we're talking here, I probably should have gone and looked up some of Jerry Lynn's work in AWA. I didn't get a chance to do that, but I will do that after the show um, because I'm curious to see if the, any of that footage exists. But uh, I think this would be a good match, but I would have to give the nod to Paul Diamond. Yeah, I'm interested to see what Jerry Lynn's gimmick was because he was billed as gentleman Jerry Lynn. Like, does he have a top hat and tails when he comes to the ring? I would um, yeah, yeah, I, I would give it to you here on experience. If this was, say, another five years down the road, I would definitely make a, a stronger argument for Lynn. But Diamond was the much more experienced wrestler here and um, and a good and a good hand. Uh, you know, he's usually known as his tag team with Pat Tanaka. And again, Tanaka's not on the list because he was part of the Orient Express in the WWF at this point. And I forget who his partner was at that time, but Diamond would eventually go and become, uh, I believe, Cato under a mask and be the second uh, orientation, second orientation, right. second version of uh, the, uh, the uh, Orient Express. Duh. Right. Yeah. When the, fuel, when the wheels fall off of my cart, they fall off of my cart pretty hard. So, uh, so yeah. So, yeah, I, I did that because that would be a good match, but I would agree with you here. I think Diamond, as the more experienced grappler, take, takes that. So, uh, next we have our three-on-three. And uh, that's, a t that's a tough one. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with my big boys. I'm going to give you De Beers, Hughes, and Coquina Maximus. All right. And I am going to give you the unknown soldier, 
Harley Race, and Sergeant Slaughter. Jesus. Okay, as I continue to write here, make your argument. So, although we got Race and Saito, who were arguably past their prime, certainly Race was more past his prime than Saito mm-hmm. was at this time. But uh, Sergeant Slaughter, I would still maybe maybe north of his prime a little bit, but like I would say, he still had a lot to give, and you know, was still a pretty good hand. Um, I would argue that the toughness on my side is just too much for the guys on your slot on your side. Although this was a much more fit and younger uh, Yokozuna, uh, I don't think he and De Beers and I forget who your third one was. Um, it was Curtis Hughes. Curtis Hughes. Oh, my guys, my guys are going to win this all day. I, 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 I would agree with you there. I think you probably have the star power and the toughness. Hughes and Kokina were very young at this point. Um, De Beers, I think, makes a good team captain. I think as the veteran, he could get the most out of having these younger guys as his partners. Um, it should be mentioned that Hughes and Kokina, for their size at this time, could really move. So I think it would be actually be kind of an impressive match to see the guys this size moving at a pace. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's crazy to say that I have the faster team. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably do. And uh, I'm just trying to, for whatever reason, I'm trying to picture like race or Saito against, uh, you know, Yokozuna in there. I just think that what an odd matchup, but it would be an interesting matchup uh, at, at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, definitely. That's something that you could go back and say, man, did you know that Yokozuna had a match once with Sergeant Slaughter and Harley Race and Masa Didn't the Beers and Slaughter have a rivalry? Yes, the Beers and Slaughter yeah. were, again, because, again, he was the foreign heel. And, and that was one reason, that was one storyline I do know from the Team Challenge series. Yeah, uh, was, I remember that uh, from the episode that, because – they did a commentary on one of the podcasts that Conrad mm-hmm. Thompson hosts. Um, I want to say on that. I forget who. Oh, it was with Eric Bischoff. Okay. Um, because Eric Bischoff was a part of the interview segments. That's why they did a commentary on it. And uh, it's just so hilariously bad the way they shot it and everything. Please go and watch the Team Challenge series. But uh, anyway, Leonard is no match for no. who I have coming for him next. Okay, it's the frozen turkey in a pole match. You seed first. Do I seed first? Yes, I do. Yes, because I seeded first last time. If anybody's going to win a frozen turkey on a pole match, it will be Baron Von Raschke. <laughs> okay, so I, f- I found that I kind of booked myself into a hole here because why? Do, because I got um, – who do I want to give the Baron to in the turkey on a pole match? Do I want to say, you know what? He's going to get Nikita Koloff. Oh my god! <laughs> so you've got an elderly German against a grumpy Russian, fake Russian, fake Russian. Yeah, you're right. I yeah. forget where where he's from, but uh, he is not Russian. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and the object is to get a a turkey off of a pole. Well, I don't know, Leonard. I think Baron von Graschke, if he gets that claw ready, he could get that turkey off the pole with his long gangly frame and arms. I don't know. So he's going to claw the turkey and pull the turkey down. That's what I see. I I see that being a more entertaining visual. 
I, I give you that, but Nikita Kolov is way younger, way stronger, way faster, more in his prime, a bigger name. Well, if you have uh, to incorporate wrestling into it. <laughs> yeah, well, even wrestling, you know, Nikita was never known as a technical wrestler. Uh, but again, at this point, I think a few Russian sickles, the Barons now, and Nikita gets the turkey. I can't, I, I can't Nikita Kolov just let the Baron walk over and get the turkey? No, no, I don't think he's. I don't think he would allow the Baron to to just win like on a pity. I don't You're think. You're probably that. right. Yeah, we'll give this one to Nikita Koloff. Yeah, I was going to save Nikita for the end, but but I think it's a better match. What we're going to wind up with in in the main event. Uh, so next is the tag belts, and of course, I think we know what we're doing here. I seed first. You're going to get the the destruction crew of Bloom and Anus. All right, and that would mean that you are left with the returning baron von raschke nope just kidding uh, <laughs> it'll be the trooper del wilkes and dj peterson here um so yes the trooper del wilkes and dj peterson were the last awa tag team champions so obviously they were a tag team that the company got behind although the company was in its dying days and grasping for straws um del wilkes would become the patriot and would have some notable appearances in WWF, specifically against Bret Hart. Uh, so he was a pretty good hand and was a notable character. Um, but if we're comparing Bloom and Enos to the Patriot or the Trooper and DJ Peterson, which of these things is not like the other? It's DJ Peterson <laughs> who had a mustache and a mullet Yes, as I recall correctly from his photos, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't. Even though they were the last tag team champs, you know, you got the guys who would become the Beverly Brothers. They were maybe a little underappreciated as yeah. a tag team because this was a weird. It was a weird era for WWF. But in their younger AWA days, I would probably give them the nod here if I'm being uh, as impartial as i can well i appreciate that and i would agree with you even though peterson wilkes did defeat uh bloom and enos for those belts i think if things had continued they probably would have won them back again this is the best tag team they had during the dying days and we know how good they would go on to be and the great chemistry that they had so you know you've already made the argument for me i won't do that we'll move on to the main event and where we know what that's going to be so it's going to be larry's abisco versus Telly Blanchard. Zabisco was the last ever AWA World Heavyweight Champion. I was originally going to say Nikita Koloff for this slot, but, you know, I think Blanchard Zabisco is just a way better matchup. Um, Blanchard, I'm going to tell you, is, was younger than Zabisco at this time. I think could go a little more than he could at this point. Uh, Telly was about 35. Zabisco was about 40. Um you know, great technical match. I think this this is a match that could go easily 30 minutes, if not more. Be yeah. a great technically sound bout. Um, you know, I, I I would really give it to my my man, Tully, but um, you sell me on Larry. Well, the simple fact is Larry Zabisco was the face of AWA. Uh, mm -hmm. If you want to compare him to like a Hogan, or a sting <laughs> like he was their hogan so to speak in that he was the guy waving that flag up until the flag could be waved no more and while i agree that tully would probably be a little bit quicker um 
I don't know that I w- would say he's more technically sound. I think that Larry Zabisco uh, would be just as technically yeah. sound as, as a Tully Blanchard. Um, but the fact of the matter is Larry Zabisco is the living legend. Leonard. Yeah. And, he's, uh, also, he's also the cruncher. Uh, you know, I think most people think about Telly as a tag wrestler because of, of being with Arn Anderson. But you got to think that for most of his career prior to that, he was a singles wrestler and a very good singles wrestler. And right. I think this does come down to to politics. If we're dealing with this in a real world situation, um, Larry Zabisco was, as you mentioned, sort of the last star the AWA had, the last guy that was at the top of the mountain for them. And he was married to Vern Gagne's daughter. Oh, well, geez, I forgot about that completely. <laughs> yes. Actually, you know, supposedly, you know, Larry Zabisco worked with Tara Ryzen, a.k.a. Triple H, early on in WCW and supposedly told him, hey, if you ever get somewhere and the owner's got a daughter, you get a hold of that and you don't let go. <laughs> well... If that's true, then Triple H has certainly followed through with that advice. Yes, yes. So, so supposedly, Larry, that was advice from Larry Zabisco, which that could have been a story told retroactively by Larry. But uh, anyway, yeah, I would I would agree just on politics, Larry would hold out here. But I think this is a fantastic match. And for being this is the dying days of the AWA, I don't think this is a bad card. This No, is I think this is a good show. card. And, you know, for those who don't know, Larry Zabisco did face Bruno at Shea Stadium. So I, yes, <laughs> yes, which which uh, I don't think we've ever talked about on the show before. So. Yeah, he, he reminds people apparently every time he gets a chance. Really? Yes. That's what you I that's what? what I've heard. Apparently, every time you talk to Larry, he will tell you that. Uh... <laughs> you know, I have a Larry Zabisco autograph winging its way to me uh, that um, I purchased from a recent signing from him. So, as a quick recap, um, I win four to three. All right. I think that puts us back tied again. I believe it does. You, I haven't kept track of that. You have. Um, you know, at the beginning of this, I thought I was going to wipe you out, but uh, so did I. So you did came I. back. You came back. You came back strong. I, I think you seeded pretty pretty well on on a couple of these to to just squeak out a narrow defeat instead of a uh, landslide. Yeah. No, but this was uh, this was definitely fun, and uh, you know, the AWA footage. I think that. I think that WWE owns it. Yes. Uh, it's certainly not all available. So No, I actually looked today and there's just a bunch of kind of random episodes from like 87 to 88 and right. I think stuff from 86. The Wrestle Rock Rumbles on there. Um the the, the um card it's called uh, Sunday Showdown or something but it's the one where where Hogan uh, didn't you know had the dusty finish with Bockwinkle from '83? Yeah, and you mentioned that earlier, and I forgot to comment on it. But you yeah. know, in retrospect, they did amend those title changes that Hogan got uh, and gave them to him officially after the fact because of all the politics that were involved. I forget what year it was that that happened, um, but they basically listed it as we're gonna you know. Hulk Hogan did win the title twice in AWA, but because of internal politics, they didn't recognize it back then, which I think is interesting. Holding both the belts for like 30 seconds each. Right, right. So let us know what you think of the dying days of AWA, if there's any names that you think we should have put on here and why. Uh, Let us know what you thought of our card. And uh, 
please check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check out our other videos, random match reviews, segment surgery, and stupid questions. Almost forgot it there. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been stupid. Yeah, that would have been stupid. But uh, please check out our other content. Subscribe, like our videos, and thank you for checking us out. For Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time. And Alexa, we'll see you out.